Hey everybody, this is Drew. Welcome to part two of our five-part series on faith and politics. Todd and I just felt like this topic was so relevant and so important that it deserved more time than we were able to give it in a single episode. And in this episode, we'll be concluding our conversation that we started in episode 12. And next week, we're going to begin a conversation all about the Bible and politics. And we're going to see what scripture has to say about the matter. We also wanted to invite you to be a part of the conversation by sending us your questions using the link to our Anchor.fm page in the description of this episode. In the final episode of this series, we're going to be doing a Q&A answering the questions that are burning on your hearts that have to do with faith and politics. Anyway, we hope this series is helpful and encouraging as we try to keep connecting together in love, even in a really divisive political climate. Enjoy! You're listening to the Todd Rod God Pod, a podcast hosted by Pastor Todd Rodarmel and Drew Tilton, where we explore ideas of faith and what it means to have a sustainable spirituality. What if, let's say, our, our country went down a route where we ended up looking around and we found ourselves in a country that oppressed Christians. I mean, I think a lot of people feel like we're going that route. I don't know that I feel like we're totally going that route, but certainly, you know, better for some isn't better for all, you know, so. Like the aforementioned Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but say we hit a point where there really seems to be nothing that we can do to, um, you know, protest our rights back or fight for our rights back or whatever, you know, how do we respond as Christians in that moment? Because I guess the reality would be that there are Christians around the world that live in this reality. And I think sometimes I can get caught up in in my bubble of believing, oh, you know, yeah, if things are always going to be the way that they are and I'll always have, you know, this right to exercise my faith freely. And But a lot of Christians across the the world today. A lot of Christians through a lot of history, which is partly why, you know, the Bible in that unveiling calls governments always in like in Daniel and in the language of the Bible, the governments of the world are called beasts. (laughs) They're always represented as beasts and it doesn't matter which government it is. They all end up that way. And like, if you think government's the answer, it's just like, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. It's, it's going to be like, <laughs> it, it doesn't, it, you're never going to get a perfect government. Uh, and so there are all over the world, all kinds of things that are unjust and unfair. And we want to work for as much as it's within our power, fair and just government and rules. And thankfully in our country, there still is some degree of you know, power. That's a whole other discussion, how much there actually is versus what, you know, we're told that there is. But I think we, we can do what we can do. But the church has never been shut down anywhere in the world. You know, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. Right. And, and plenty of people have tried. Oh, they've tried. <laughs> you could, you could, you could just start lining us up and killing us all. It's not going to silence the church or stop the gospel from going forward. The the way Paul put it, you know, he lists the fruit of the spirit and he basically says, these are the things that are going to be produced in your life if you're staying close to Jesus. In fact, by the way, it's one of the ways that you can inspect the fruit of knowing who to listen to. And, And I'll tell you this right now, look at the lives of the people and where you're getting your information and ask yourself, did they bear, does their life bear 
the fruit of the spirit. It's their love, joy, peace, hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Is that what's being produced? Or is there like that other list? I don't even have those memorized of strife and envy and murder and jealousy and, you know, lust and greed. And is that what's being produced in their life? The Bible makes it pretty clear. And Jesus says, you know, you know, people by their fruit. He says, how, how do you know a prophet or a false prophet or somebody that's telling you the truth? And he's like, by the fruit that they produce in their life. Don't just listen to the words they say. Look at what's coming out. And, and, and the line that, that Paul ends with in you know, Galatians, when he's listing the fruit of the Spirit, is he says, against such things, there is no law. Like, right. there is nowhere on earth where it says, do not, under any circumstances, be kind. Do not. <laughs> do not have peace. Do not have joy. I don't want to see a smile on your face. I mean, there's just, there's no law that's against those things. And, and that's where the law is never going, you know, no matter how many laws we change or no matter how many you know people we get to agree with us and have the law be on our side or their side or whatever, the law is never going to solve anything. It's back to the thing of like me wanting, wanting to go to the beach until I could. And then I didn't really care anymore. You know, the, the law only makes you want to do the things that you're told not to do more. Like you put a sign that says no skateboarding and what does it make kids want to do? Yeah, they skateboard on the sign. Blind that sign so that you, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, and you tell people, you know, they can't go to work. That's all they want to do. Like before, what did they want to do? They wanted to go home. They wanted oh, to go home. It would be great care. to have they a break. To, oh, I just love to lay at home and watch TV or just, you know, whatever. Right. But now they just want to get back to work because you're telling them what they can do and what they can't do. And the law never, it just never works. It doesn't bring about righteousness. That's why the Old Testament law could never make people righteous. And the only solution is God said, look, I'm going to change their hearts. I'm going to put my spirit in them and give them a new heart that actually wants to do what's right. And the gospel, the, the love of God displayed in the self-giving, sacrificial love of Jesus Christ on the cross, when we look at him and our hearts are changed, to, we say, I want to please him. It makes us want to do what the law says. Then the law has a use. It's like it can direct us in what is pleasing to him. You know, then, you know, we can say, okay, here's the law of Christ is to love others the way I've loved you. Um, but until that, if you tell me to go love others right. the way Jesus loved, it just sounds like that's oppressive. That's hard. I can't do that. But if I actually have been loved by God and I've received his love, and it's begun to transform me from the inside out, then I actually want to love others. Then that fruit gets produced in my life to which there's no law that can stand against that. So no matter what the world does or doesn't do or says you can do or can't do, it can't stop it. So John Doe posts on Facebook something that really pisses me off. Like, how do I respond in that vein that you just described? Like, what does that look like in the most practical all right, Well, sense? first of all, in the words <laughs> of my uncle Wally, it's better to be pissed off than to be pissed on. Which incidentally is <laughs> Thanks, why Wally. you're supposed to wear a mask, a face mask, you know, it's not to protect you. It's to protect other people because, you know, when you spew things out of your mouth, it stops them from coming out. It stops the virus from coming out. Just like when you pee your pants, it just trickle down your own legs rather than get out on everybody else. 
<laughs> Luke told me that as why right. we were. Yeah, I, I feel like we need a uh, a version of a mask on Facebook to stop stupid things from spewing out of our mouths. Oh, man, we do. We do. Okay, so you're asking about John Doe post something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you're he riled up. something. It gets me all hot, mm. I, which this has happened multiple times throughout this COVID situation yeah. for me personally, and I'm sure for many other people. Yeah, it's brutal. I, I think the biggest thing I would say is like, for me, uh, uh, I don't know. What I want to say is turn it off. But once. But you, then you have like the question of like, oh, how do we engage with each other then yes, if we're exactly. just turning each other off? I know. And right now we can't actually be in person and all that. So yeah, it's a tough thing. I, I go back to scripture. I try to always come back to scripture. Say only what is helpful for building others up according to the mm-hmm. needs of the moment that it may benefit those who listen. Hmm. And when I, you know, like it's, that's Ephesians four, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the needs of the moment that it may benefit those who listen. And when I ask that of myself, I go, is what I'm about to say going to benefit others and build them up? Or is it just going to like leash whatever's on my chest? (laughs) And, you know, there's, there's that thing where we're just angry and we want to do something. And captain, my, my grandson watches, uh, Daniel Tiger, uh, who's basically Mr. Rogers in cartoon form. I'm not familiar. Is he related to the Tiger King? (laughs) He is not related to the Tiger King. (laughs) In fact, thank God he's never met the Tiger King. Um, Very different. But he has this little thing. He says, you know, when somebody makes you mad and you're about to roar, Take a deep breath and count to four. You know, it's like this thing. <laughs> Cute. And it's it's brilliant. Captain sings it. And I'm like, man, it, that's good advice, actually, is take a deep breath mm-hmm. and breathe and slow down your breathing and count to four before you respond to anything. And then ask yourself, you know, is this, is this going to benefit others? Because you can confront somebody in love. And the difference right. of confronting somebody in love is you're doing it for their benefit and not for yours and not to exercise your anger <laughs> or your frustration yeah. or whatever else. I love what you're saying. I was just going to, I was just thinking as you were talking, I think too, what's, what's tough about Facebook or Instagram or whatever is that it's as though you're confronting somebody, but you're doing it in front of everybody else. Oh, you yeah. know, like say I had a friend who had really hurt me and I waited until a party and then there was all these people around and I walked up to them and I said, this is the time, this is the time to talk. And then I, you know, like I proceed to confront them right. and it's like, let's say in this scenario, I did have the right motives. I needed to confront them for whatever reason, but I did it in a situation that wasn't the right situation or maybe in the way that wasn't the right way. Even sometimes I, I try to ask myself, like, do I actually have the voice in this person's life that it'll be encouraging to them, helpful to them? Or is this somebody that I don't know well enough to say these things, especially in this sort of setting, like like a social media where I don't think it is the best platform for honest, caring conversation all the time? So. No. And the Bible does actually speak to that issue of how do you confront somebody And, you know, Jesus spoke to it in Matthew 18. And he says, if, you know, if your brother sins against you or you're offended by something, you go to him personally, just between the two of you and show him his fault, explain it to him. And if he doesn't listen to him, then take somebody along that's also witnessed it. And then you can talk together and maybe, you know, he'll be convinced. 
And if that doesn't work, then, you know, you get the community together. You know, you take the rest of the community that you're a part of where you're connected and you do it that way. And, and then he says, if that doesn't work, then you treat them like you would a tax collector. And I think I, I've heard people say, oh, that means, you know, you kick them to the curb. But like, how did Jesus treat tax collectors? Right. You know, he, he loved them. He related to them, but he didn't necessarily, they weren't quite in his inner circle as maybe a, a brother, but like you still treat him with respect and with dignity. There is no place in Jesus teaching on how to confront and deal with issues for disrespect and demonizing people. Yeah. Demonizing and moving with anger. Well, I guess you can move with anger, a righteous anger, but you know, moving with a fury or moving with a hatred. Yeah. Jesus definitely got angry. I mean, and, and there's no question. There are things that makes God angry. Anytime somebody hurts his kids, it makes God angry. Like this thing I brought up earlier with this guy, Ahmad Arbery, who, you know, was just gunned down while he's jogging. I I think God gets angry about that. And I think the fact that justice isn't done on it and people aren't even brought to charges, I think God gets angry about that. So anyway, I, I, I definitely think that God gets angry and Jesus got angry. He got angry at the the Pharisees, he got angry at the disciples, he got angry at the, you know, but he still acted out of love, you know, even in his anger, like, you know, it says in Ephesians, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil a foothold. Because when you hold mm-hmm. on to anger, it just gives the devil a place to stand in your life. And that is what, you know, all of the bitterness and anger that every side has against the other is just giving like the devil a heyday. The only winner in any of those arguments that are so polarized is the devil. <laughs> right. You know, it's, he's the one most invested in dividing people. Yeah. And I think that just goes back to us remembering, you know, yes, we're citizens of the United States, but we're also citizens of the kingdom of heaven in Christ Jesus. And I think us remembering that that's our higher citizenship, our higher calling can help us in those moments to be like, okay, you know, as a citizen of this country, I feel this need to say this because I want this country to be a certain way. But then running that through that filter of, okay, but I have a higher calling to my citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And what does that look like in this situation? Is it going to be this word of encouragement that others are going to be edified by? Is it going to be something where there's, you know, the fruits of the spirit coming out in this conversation? Is it going to be something where I can come up to that person personally and, you know, have that conversation the way Jesus lays out and, you know, all those things. It's like we can run it through that filter of the way that we respond. And I think it kind of gives us this good filter both ways. You know, you mentioned what's the filter for what's coming in. We look at the fruit in that person's life and we say, okay, that commentary, and I can think of two in particular on both sides that are just crazy raging the way they commentate. And it's like, okay, you know, is that the person that I want to listen to? Are they demonstrating the fruit of the spirit the way I want? Not in a, not in a judging sense, but just in a sense of me discerning, hey, is this where I want to be getting my information? Well, and the hard part is, Drew, it's just not very marketable. Like nobody wants to listen to somebody being kind and loving and gentle. 
Like that's why this podcast is so popular. Oh we're so my gosh! Yeah, other. like we're, we're it's never going to take off. We're too nice, and you know, there's just like because the reality is, you know, that's what sells is anything that's sensational, right. anything that's got fear, anything that's controversial. Honestly, Trump figured out how to use that. He got elected by tapping into the fact that, right. you know, even if you make enemies, it doesn't matter. That just, you know, raises your ratings because the more bad stuff they say about you, the more your side likes you. So right. the reality is, if you want to play that game, you can, but it's not how the kingdom of God works. And our allegiance to Jesus should make us better citizens. It should make us better husbands and wives, better parents. Not because we have all the answers of how to do any of those things, but because we're taking our direction from Jesus and we're being formed by his spirit. And the more we walk in step with his spirit, like the the dichotomy that Paul always sets up between the spirit and the flesh, the flesh is basically just a way of the Bible talking about what comes naturally, what feels natural, right? our feelings. And, you know, feelings are good and you should feel your feelings. You should listen to your feelings. You should express your feelings, but like, don't let them run your life. The spirit Mm. of God should run your life, not your feelings or your emotions or what you feel in the moment. Like those are good indicators. Your feelings are a clue. They're, they're like the lights on the dashboard that tell you what's going on and you should pay attention to them, but they aren't what's actually driving the car. They're the lights on the dashboard, which yeah, I just came up with that metaphor. I don't know if it's mine or if so I borrowed it somebody, but yeah, it's pretty no, good. Oh, I've I've heard that from multiple people. So there's a lot of people copying you out there. Yeah. All right. I thought of it first. <laughs> yeah. And I think just as a way of summarizing a lot of what we said today, it seems like, at least for me, and maybe you can mention some of the takeaways you've noticed, but some of the takeaways for me that have been convicting for me is one, pay attention to who I'm listening to. And, and what fruit that person has in their life. Like I said, not in a judgmental way, but in a way that can help me to discern how much space I give them and voice I give them in my, in my life and in my heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, well, and because like you said, not in a judgmental way, but like if you were going to go and pick out, you know, fruit that you want to go home and actually consume, you know, you're, you're not taking the stuff that's all like rotted and bruised. You're going to probably pick the good stuff. And, 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 and totally. that's, that's all that is, is saying, what is it that you not only want to consume, but what is it you want to produce? What is mm. it, what is the fruit you want to produce in your life that the people around you are going to be eating? Cause the, the DNA continues to get passed on and whatever fruit you're consuming is the fruit that you're going to be producing. So it's like what I'm taking in, and then filtering also, like taking a, a pause. What is it? Uh, before I roar, take a second and count to four. And when you feel mad and you start to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I, I think that is probably one of the better things for me personally because I feel like I want to roar a lot. And usually my response is just, oh, I'm just going to turn it off and think about it and be really, really mad. You know, which I don't think is helpful either. No, um, it's definitely not. And I, th- I do yeah. that too, because I don't want to say something stupid that I'm going to regret. So I just right. stuff it. And then I just blow up on my wife instead of on the person that, uh, right. <laughs> that doesn't help. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. That is not a good strategy, but yeah, I think rather than doing that, actually taking a second to count to four and in that moment, either find a way to respond lovingly or 
what's probably mostly better when I see something on social media, at least, is to take a deep breath and remember that I don't need to let that voice influence me in this moment, you know, influence the way that I'm living, influence the way that I'm responding to the world around me. Yeah. And one of the things for me that I, I've just tried to do is rather than engage in the conversation there online, like you said, walking up to somebody at the party, just like pick up the right. phone and call the person. <laughs> it's right. amazing. We could actually if it's like, in love. Yeah. Like, yeah, if it's in love and you're like, I'd, I'd love to talk about this. Can we get together and talk? Like if you care enough about the person and the issue, then get together and talk about it. Don't Right. just respond like that. Like I had somebody that, you know, I heard something that they said and whatever, and I was like kind of frustrated and I stewed on it a little bit and I'm like, I just need to reach out. And many times it's not as bad if you actually just call the person and talk to them and they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I said that in an offensive way. I didn't, that's not what I'm or whatever. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's always better. It's not always perfect. And sometimes people don't respond the way we want, but it, you're at least giving a good response a chance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. And I, I think the other thing that has stood out to me is our citizenship to the kingdom of heaven and what that looks like. And, and I, I think that's something I'd love to continue unpacking with you, Todd. What does it look like to be a part of the kingdom of heaven in a world that is so divided, especially in our country, along all sorts of lines, whether it be political, cultural, racial, even religious lines, you know, and what does it look like to be a part of the kingdom of heaven in the midst of all of that? Yeah, I, I think that'd be a great conversation for us to continue. Yeah, I think it, so. ain't, it, ain't, it ain't going away anytime soon. So we might as well keep talking about it until we get it right. Totally. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We've definitely had our prayers and hearts turned to our community at Mountain View and the church and the world as a whole. And we're continuing to pray for you guys. And thanks for listening about something that can be a little bit edgy topic, but we appreciate you guys hearing us out. And we hope that you guys can hear each other out and continue with open minds and love towards one another as we navigate this really difficult season. Todd, was there anything else you wanted to say? Oh, I got lots of things I want to say, but we'll save them for another time. All right, we'll save them yeah, for another be, time. Yeah, be kind to each other out there, people. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.